the podcast about all of those sad songs that make us oh so happy. I'm your host, Cavi, and this podcast is brought to you by Screaming Infidelity's Emo Night. Alright, Emo Kids, welcome to episode one of Cry About It, a podcast about sad songs that make us happy. Tonight, I'm joined by my partner in crime, DJ Hirsch. What's up, Hirsch? Howdy. So Hirsch uh, and I go back a long way. Tonight, we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about uh, what he thinks of emo music. We're going to give him some emo quizzes because he doesn't really come from that scene. So I think it'll be interesting to, to see what he thinks. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about emo nights and, and what we have coming up after that. So guys, uh, without DJ Hirsch, there is no emo night. Uh, I don't do much. I send him kind of a playlist and uh, we, I do the promotion, but he's kind of the skills behind it. So Hirsch, uh, we met a long time ago. Yeah. Oh. I think the first time we met was at the Sherman Theater. Yes. At the Asher Roth show. What year was that? 2012-ish? No, 2008. Eight? Damn. I was, uh, I was definitely still in college. I think it was my first senior year of college. First senior year? First senior year, second junior year, however you want to. Gotcha. However you want to go about it. But uh, you were DJing for Gino, Gino Lispy, right? Yep, yep. That and was a big I, show. It was a huge show, yeah. Sold out show. Um, and I managed a, a pop punk band at the time called I Am Legend. And uh, we got to, to chat before the show because they really wanted to play a cover of the Ninja Turtles and they wanted a rapper to, oh, yeah. to freestyle over it so they kind of fit the show a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, that was like the big thing, the Ninja Turtle song. Damn, the Ninja Turtle song. And then they threw, um, they were sponsored by Drank Energy Drink. It was like a anti-energy drink. It like had serotonin in it or something to put you to sleep. But uh, they were, they gave a bunch of tall boys to them, and they threw them into the crowd and hit some girl in the head and like split her Ooh. open. And Ooh. we got like uh, basically threatened with a lawsuit. But she was a big fan of the band, so. They gave her like a t-shirt and a CD sign and the dad like let it go. Wow. I don't think you ever told me that story. Yeah, I don't, I, I, we didn't talk about it for a long time because I was like, like the Sherman Theater was pissed. I don't think they ever played there again. Um, wow. I was pretty mad at the band because I was just like, like that's got to weigh three pounds. Yeah. You know, you're uh, just watching tall boys in the crowd. <laughs> are they still around? No, no. Um, they had a good run. Uh, we got a couple label offers, put out a... A, a good um solo or uh, independent release and then they we we the one offer got it got weird and then the band just kind of dissolved and then the lead singer did he had a lot of success with another band called uh the lion face boy and uh they they did some stuff but i don't i don't even know that any of them are doing music at all anymore really wow what yeah they were they were uh i was just listening to them the other night um Really, really good band, but yeah, that's that's how we met. Do you uh, were you at the bar afterwards? Yes. Oh yeah, we went to the what was it? Where did we go? Like the home base or something like that? Front row, I think. Front front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front row, yeah. 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 That was a good time. Yeah, I just remember Asher Rock making them play his CD the whole time we were there. It just you know talking to girls and doing whatever he wanted. Yeah, and MTV was there. Um, oh filming you have, you have a way better memory than i do Whew. i almost got in a in the fisticuffs with um the uh reporter from mtv news 
Kurt Loader? No, it was like <laughs> it was the, the it was like the British um the British guy that they they used. He was like younger, and uh, he was all up on Amanda. And uh, oh, I think I do remember that now. <laughs> Jesus, it was, Yo, it was, you bring it all back, man. It was a whole scene. <laughs> caused quite a scene there but yeah so that's kind of that's the first time i at least remember us meeting yeah yeah for sure that was it and then from uh, there i think uh it kind of uh throughout the years our our past crossed the bunch you, you dj'd a couple times at at rigby's when i had the club i think yeah we had we had the band up there again uh afterwards uh to do a show and uh, a few other things here and there mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dang. and uh, I think we, I was always a big proponent when you were pushing for the DJ stuff, um, when Guido was doing the original music showcase. Right, right, kind of right. Cross paths there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then, you know, kept in touch over the years and, and, and talked a lot. And then you DJed my wedding. Great wedding. Fantastic. Phenomenal wedding. Um, so it's always good when you, uh, when the, when the, when the bride and groom let you take the cuffs off and do whatever, you know what I mean? I think that's what we, uh, so like, I was, I was super excited when you kind of like, like reached out and we're like, Hey, like I do weddings. Cause I like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know where to start with that. And especially at that point I had been down here for a couple of years. So I didn't even know, know where to start, but, uh, we knew we didn't want like, like I didn't want a wedding DJ. That not, well, I don't. I don't want to put down wedding DJs, but just like I no, don't. You can. Know, it's fine. It's easy. You know. Guy with an iPad, like playing the cha cha slide, right? It exists. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, our our wedding uh, for years, people would just talk about like like they they didn't really grasp that that could happen at a wedding. Right. You know, like especially like the no request thing, and like, like I remember, oh I remember the first couple of songs, like people's minds being blown when you didn't play the whole song. <laughs> yeah like what happened here <laughs> I remember like, uh, specifically shots I think you like went into something else and and oh, uh, one of my aunts I, had had a bit to drink and they just like play the play all the shot songs <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it, we had a blast and I mean that that made the wedding 100% and and uh like I think the whole thing of just letting you letting you go for it like we had songs that we requested but we kind of just were like hey like Here's our our feel and and go for it. By the way, uh, that that sign that you made, yeah, has been taken by four or five other brides since then. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were like, oh my god, that's incredible. Can we do that? And yeah, go ahead, go for it. Yeah, for sure. I love that. <laughs> yeah, tell them to send me a check. <laughs> so what? What? Uh, what? What? Hirsch is referencing we put a little sign in front of him because I, I I have an eclectic family and friends and uh I didn't I didn't really want them to pick the music at my wedding um I had all faith in Hirsch and, and the list that we we had come up with together so we put a little sign up front that said this is our friend Hirsch he's not a d or he's not a jukebox he's a dj we got this or something like that right yep for sure and he did he had it I mean you had people on the dance floor even in the midst of me in the middle of a fist fight at my own wedding. So <laughs> yeah. it was great. I remember that. <laughs> oh, there's a fight over here. We had to break up a fight. 
the family. <laughs> Who's in it? Oh, the groom and some yeah. guy he never saw before. Oh, man. That dude. Unbelievable. Never saw him before, never saw him again. Right? Thankfully. And it was still great. It's still a great wedding. Amanda didn't even know what happened. My wife didn't even know what happened. So that that's good. Most people didn't know because they were all on the dance floor having a blast. Only only me, the kid, and my one of my groomsmen that head butted him. That was about it. <laughs> but it was fun. And then uh, I mean, so I don't know if you totally remember the incarnation of like when we decided to to do the emo night. Do you do you kind of remember how it came about? Um, it was before, uh, the, um, the music conference. What was that? Like five or six years ago? I think it's going to be like, so this September it will be five years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I think this would, this would go over big. We're going to play a bunch of songs I used to, that we used to listen to years ago, blah, blah, blah. Wasn't sure if it was really gonna happen and then it did and it was enormous happening in the tiniest bar in scranton yeah and it the, the rest is history i think that was uh i think that was key because we were able to get like like the right people in there like a lot of the right people yeah but then i think yeah. uh the photos and the words spread because it was just yeah. such like if we had done that in like a big room the first time and there were only a hundred people there i don't know that it would have snowballed to that effect um but yeah so we the idea came about like kind of as a joke kind of as like a give back to the bands like we wanted to throw a party for the bands that were playing the the electricity music conference and i was like well i know a lot of these bands that were like of partying age at that time like definitely came up on emo music so i was like well we'll try this i know they're doing it they had they had just started like getting big in la and brooklyn and i was like well we could try scranton it's like it's like Brooklyn without any people in it. So like <laughs> we can try it. The architecture looks the same. And uh, we did it at the bog, which, uh, you know, all credit goes to, to the late great Brian Craig, because I think I had asked a couple other people and they told me I was crazy um, that it was, that it wouldn't have worked. And he was just like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like, like go for it, man. And uh, we tore the place apart the first year. So good. It was incredible. It, 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 it really, it took me by total surprise. I'm not used to having that kind of thing happen when I'm playing. I mean, yeah, people party and they have a good time and stuff, but not that level of interaction. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it took me by surprise too. And I think about like five songs in, I was like, okay, well, let's see how far we can push, uh, push the sound guy here with his equipment and start bring. Cause I mean, if anybody's ever been in the bog, you're in a little tiny stage in the front window of the, of the room. It's like a probably a four by six stage, maybe yeah. four by four. And they put um, wicker chairs basically in front of you. And there's monitors on those wicker chairs. And then there's a couple of mics. They, they put a couple of mics up there. I, I think I said I didn't need them, but thankfully we had them because a couple people were kind of looking sideways. They were not in their heads. They were digging it. And then I just started like pulling up, on the stage like people who were singing along and that's when everybody's like wait a minute we can get on stage and sing and it kind of just uh i think it spiraled from there and then yeah never really looked back from that yeah seriously that that i mean it, 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 there's not many things that take off organically like that 
you don't see that, you know. Yeah, I mean, year one, I mean that the well the first two. So we we did one and then we waited basically a year to do another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they both were huge and didn't spend a dollar to advertise it. It was just like create a Facebook event, send it out. Um, year two there was like a line around the block to get in, and we were like, oh okay, maybe we should should start thinking about doing this a little more often. Yeah, maybe something's going on here. And then I think we, you were approached or somebody approached us about doing, I think the first one we did that wasn't at the bog was at Sununus. Mm-hmm. It was like a pre-show or like a, a ticket giveaway show for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a confession all, maybe. For all, I think it was all. Yeah. Yeah. It was an FM. Show. Yeah. Yeah. All time low or dashboard professional or something like I that. I think it was dashboard. Dashboard. Yeah. Yeah. And that one is when I think I realized, well, it's not just bog kids. Like this can work wherever. Right. I mean, yeah. we had people like crowd surfing. Um, yeah. I think, I think it was that, that first show that Sununa's that we realized um, we could really pull them from wherever, wherever we're going to be there. They're, they're going to go. Right. And that's when uh, I think that was the first time we did confetti mm-hmm. and uh, we did uh some so we we had lights for the first time there and we mm-hmm. kind of started making more of a more of a production of it and mm-hmm. that was the first time anybody tried to crowd surf i remember that was a a scary moment <laughs> uh it's a hard floor in there if you're if if we're at a small bar like that um doing an eon night don't crowd surf there's there's no need for it stage class maybe get away with it but uh yeah. small place like that there there wasn't but it was kind of neat because you dj at sanunas all the time yeah for a long time right oh yeah i think uh i'm coming up on seven years there whenever we get back to it you know and you so you have a good relationship with them and Mm -hmm. uh, i've been doing you're you're just your normal djing there like your um club i guess club what did you call it like club djing or yeah well everything we play everything for the for you know on the, the the weekends when uh college is in so that was like kind of a a stretch for them to to try something new right yeah they they i mean they didn't really know they were really skeptical about it um you know they don't usually do anything that requires a cover or anything like that so when we approached them about doing that they were like really uh, apprehensive and were like well you really think this is gonna gonna take off it's gonna be good i'm like well we, we yeah we do but you know that first night and then they pretty much begged me to come back i remember uh is it rose right mm-hmm. that's the, the one of the owners um mm-hmm. i remember like getting a, a a water like but i had to walk all the way to the back and across to like the end of the bar to get it and i i i think i was facebook friends with her but i didn't really know her and mm-hmm. she just like came up to me and like like patted me on the back and was like this is really different and really cool um and she was really excited about it and that was pretty neat because a yeah. bar like that, like they're a corner bar, they're a established business, they're respecting the community. They didn't, they didn't need an event like that, but it was neat to see them um, accept it and be like, this is something different and cool. And, and I think what's, what's cool about the crowd that we bring out, and I, I mean, I've heard it from basically every place we've, we've DJed, is that the people who come out are respected, like they're respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to have a great time. They drink like fish. They actually tip. 
and yep. you know, people that they don't normally have, like they're not normal people that go to that bar. Correct. Which I all the above, yeah. And if you do that uh, at a bar, uh, you're golden. Yeah, that's and I mean, legitimately, I think every place we've gone, I've gotten that feedback, which is neat. And I, I kind of attribute it to like, I don't know that the people that come out to our shows go out every weekend. Now, they might be a little bit more of a homebody, so when they go out, they're going out. You know, they yeah. might be. You know, they might be moms, they might be dads, they might, you know, work a job, or they just might be homebodies, because that kind of, you know, that that that's that's kind of a more of an introverted person um, that that comes to the emo nights and uh, or that likes emo music. And so I think when they go out, they they go all out, and I think we've seen that um, pretty, yeah. pretty often. Yeah, they 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 go out, and it's not something you typically hear when you go out. If you do, you know. So that's very different. And I think that's part of the appeal of it. Yeah. I think, uh, so like years ago, like, I wish we started this when like I was in my twenties. Cause like I, I would go, I, I was a person who went out, you know, I like to indulge in my early twenties and had a good time, but I would always be standing around listening to like, like just music that didn't appeal to me, you know? So something like that would have been really cool to have. Um, instead of me just being like, I'd, I'd go to floods in Stroudsburg and put on like a taking back Sunday song. And like, it would make it like four chords and somebody would skip it. You know, like the, the bartenders would hate it and they'd skip yeah. it. So like, it never really worked out for me. Um, so that, I think it's neat that, that, you know, it's not something you want to do every weekend, but it's cool to have that like every couple months for somebody. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, uh, I mean, you've been kind of instrumental in us spreading, you know, I, 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 I mean, we went to Reading and we went to uh, Lancaster and we did like the like Philly area suburbs. Um, I forget that it was at Doyle, like Doylestown, basically. Something like that. Yeah. Out there. Um, and uh, those were, those were off, off your back. How did, how did you go about pitching that to, to those places? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I have, you know, previously done uh, nights in, in, you know, those places before. I have a good rapport with uh, the, the uh, resident DJs in both of those places. And I said, you know, uh, listen, this thing works. Uh, it's going to be a crowd. Like all the things you said, they're going to come. They're going to have a good time. They're they're going to party. They're going to do it right. They're going to... Uh, and they're going to tip, you know, and I'll show you what we've done and how many people we've put in these places just off of the strength. And like, okay. And I mean, some of them were, they were, you know, again, skeptical, but they allowed us uh, and we went and, uh, you know, show and prove. First ones went off at every place and, you know, they, they all asked us to come back. Yeah. I, uh, that's, a, that's what I think has been neat so far. Uh, especially for me to watch is that we haven't, we haven't had one flop um, oh. in markets that like, it's like, it's always tough when you're doing anything in your home markets. It's like, you know, something off of like, you know, you know, people, I know people we're both so ingrained. It's like easier for us to get the word out, but it's like, what's going to happen when we go to Lancaster, for example, like what's going to happen there? Well, I mean, our first time in Lancaster, we were, on a second floor 
kind of in a corner um with like tables turned in front of us like a like we were defending the alamo or something (laughs) and uh it was insane yeah it was it was uh, it was awesome and 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 again like i i mean whenever we walk into these places the first time i think even the bartenders and the the bouncers and everybody are kind of like oh it's an emo night like they don't know what to think about it um and then they're at the end of the night they're like when are you guys coming back yeah every time it's kind of what i've experienced and i mean i think lancaster especially has been super successful for us and i think it's a good market because it's like there's a couple colleges there there's a like really hipster art scene like downtown and uh there there's always been a, a really strong like pop punk pulse hardcore i mean under oaths from there or no they're not um august burns reds from there and texas in july and ci records and stuff so i think it was like a perfect storm but that was i mean we've done bigger now our biggest emo nights have been lancaster bigger than than scranton i mean population base is bigger to draw from but i mean when we did the main room we were jammed wall to like front to back and yeah it was probably like six seven hundred yeah i don't know how many but it's a lot more than they definitely even they expected even for the second time you know yeah which which so, was, was pretty exciting and i think it's neat like like you said uh i get to meet your dj connections uh when we go to these places and uh I, like I, I really like eddie he's just a really cool dude and right. uh like even watching him just be like like come around to it and be like whoa this is this is different and cool yeah for sure yeah he's he's a good guy you know uh another uh just another guy that you know uh i wish I, again as somebody else that i wish i met sooner to do things you know he's a lot he's a lot like me down in that area uh and very respected and very well known down there uh, we could have been doing things like this for a long time if you know i had known yeah for sure and then i think so then we, we went up to reading um mm-hmm. can not remember the name of the place right now though building um, 24 building 24 yeah, yeah yep and uh we got surprised when we got there mm-hmm. and we got put in the front room which is super fancy yeah it's like a like a lounge ish type scene like like not not no no dance floor or anything like that it's you know bar and tables like a small little area maybe where like eight people could dance but that's about it big center like island bar and uh like like um folding glass doors so it opens up oh yeah and uh but nice restaurant like i like i I, we got i remember we got caesar salads beforehand and there were like actual anchovies in it yeah (laughs) Uh, but uh but like white linen like white linen tablecloths and then uh we roll in to throw an emo night and uh it got rowdy Mm -hmm. it got it got i mean we we were able it took a little while to get them going and it was a later crowd but it it got it got it was a good time it was a good time and i remember the uh same thing like i mean there was just glass everywhere on the floor from because they served their drinks and glasses because it's a nice bar and the guys cleaning up at the end of the night were just like yo when are you guys coming back you know, and I did not expect that. I thought they were just gonna be like, "Never again." This is it. Like, th- like this was this was too much. But uh, they they liked it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if that place is still open. I think that 
COVID folded. That's a big impact. Well, no, I think it folded before COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. I got to check. And, uh, the works. It's part of the works. That big building in Reading there. Why yeah, yeah. Why losing? Yep. Why I'm missing. Why I'm missing. Yeah. And then Philly, we did uh, the train station? Uh, yeah. Uh, the station? Uh, I, I know that I remember the dude's name, Tubby, but uh, yeah, awesome, awesome guy. I'm friends with him on. Uh, so this guy was in, grew up. Yeah, it's like right outside Doylestown. This guy grew up with like the guys from the starting line and stuff. So he was like a big pop punk emo fan. So like I think he partially booked us just because he loves the music. Right. But um, again, another yeah. just like really cool night. He definitely loved it. Um, I think that one got that one was. Uh, I thought was going to be a disaster out the back because some girl like jumped off stage and just yeah, like, she like busted her ass right in the beginning, right? <laughs> busted her ass like song. <laughs> like, oh my God, she dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that was, that was the end of that. And then uh, by the end of the night, he was like up on stage with us and everything. And, and it was, it was a weird divide at first. Cause it was like, I mean that, that area has money and, and it's definitely like, you have like, country club like uh you know polo wearing people like in the back of the bar and then like these emo people going nuts in the front but everybody kind of was of the age that grew up with like at least a little bit of that so by the end you just had like the most prim and proper girls up there like screaming all time low and paramore paramore always gets them going yeah you for know. uh for the for the girls you know especially the the more pop uh leaning leaning girls and i think that was one wasn't that one of the more uh, poppy uh, ones we had to lean towards? They didn't like the, some of the deep cuts didn't really hit down there. Yeah, he, well, uh, the the owner was requesting like the real deep stuff, like stuff that I like. I was just like, I would never even think to play that or those right. bands. And he was like, Oh, can you get it? And we were playing it, and like him and him and some of his friends were loving it, but like we were losing the the because it wasn't a a huge. We we definitely had to go like more like Good Charlotte and some yeah. one and and the radio songs. And Paramore mm-hmm. is definitely like one of the most radio friendly of of the bands that came out of that scene. So that's pretty cool. And then yeah, that one that night came way out of left. Uh, how I got hooked up with that because it came through a guy that I never met in person. Uh, a guy that I had tried to book in the area, and it never really went through because you know he's on the radio down in Philly on Saturday nights. So he never actually came up to play and I never met him, but he saw that we were doing it online, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And he hit me up and he's like, you know, a friend of mine has a place and I think this would do good there. You should talk to him. Word of mouth. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I think, uh, they're like Keith, Keith always, whenever I, when I, so Keith is our photographer, Keith Perks, and he's going to be on the next episode. But, um, I credit a lot of, of, of what we do to hiring Keith to come out and take pictures too. Cause yeah. th- those pictures get miles. Um, I think like people aren't coming out to have their photo taken, but when they're there, they want to have that new profile picture, that new Instagram picture or whatever. And uh, those pictures are the best marketing we could ever do. Oh man. Those it's, pictures are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Keith's so talented, so they're, they're phenomenal, but it's all you see on Facebook for the next two weeks after people sharing those mm-hmm. pictures and, and it's, it's, it's awesome. So if you guys do that, you know, don't stop. We, we love when you do that. 
And then I think the videos that we, we invested in really helped too. Cause that's, that's just showing like, this is a party and uh, you know, we're not, we're not tearing the roof off. We're not, you know, causing damage, but people are having a good time. And, and, you know, you want that. If you look at those, if you look at those videos, you want that at your bar. Yeah. That's the best. So I think that's, that's, that's definitely a lot of credit to, to Keith for helping with our marketing efforts. Um, for sure. Wish I, could, I wish we could do more for Keith. You know, know, we throw women at him. We throw all kinds of things at him. He's just very humble and appreciative just to be there. <laughs> He's the most humble. I, <laughs> Keith, has, Keith has saw some stuff. He's definitely had opportunities to see more. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> has. So yeah, like Hirsch and I are both are both. Uh, well, I'm married, and and he's he's in a monogamous relationship, and uh, there's there's uh, a lot of of girls there, and Keith's a single guy, and and we try, but we he's just very humble and very professional when he's at work, but uh, he's definitely uh, that the beard is. It gets them every time, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he. <laughs> there's been some stuff. So that that I guess that's that's a good segue though. What uh what what surprised you the most, or what what's been something that you've seen, or or one of your favorite moments, or or multiple, but like some of the crazier things that memories that you have from these these events. Oh Jesus, uh, probably one of like the craziest things is you know uh absolutely uh josh coming out into in the coffin uh who like what what how do you even tell somebody yeah he they they carried him in in a, co- a closed coffin and he just like popped out of it like the undertaker <laughs> yeah so sort of to explain that a little bit especially if you're watching or if you're listening to the audio version um if you're an emo kid, you know the, the music video Helena by My Chemical Romance. So in that video, obviously, Helena is the ballerina. And she's dancing and she, she ends falling in the coffin. And they all carry her with the, uh, the umbrellas. So we had asked Josh Balls uh, you know, from uh, Strange and Unusual and, and Strange Kids and formerly Emotionless and White to be like a special guest DJ at one of our, I think it was like our Christmas show like two or three years ago. And uh, he agreed. He's, he's, he's been very supportive of, of the emo night overall. But uh, he just texted me and he's like, tell them to unlock the doors at 1030. He's like, and play Helena. And I was like, okay. I just thought he was going to like walk through the crowd and come up on stage or whatever. And he's like, only red lights. So like, all right. So we put on red strobes and all of a sudden the crowd starts parting and a full on casket is coming through the crowd um, and then gets brought right onto stage, put down and the, the, the door flies open and he just like sits up out of it and like throws some flowers out in the crowd or whatever. And then just like goes behind the, the DJ booth to play some songs. I, I remember it almost being an enormous disaster too, because they put it down on like the, 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 the wheel thing and it almost fell off. And I couldn't believe, I was like, Oh my God, this is going to fall over on the stage and kill like everybody. Yeah. Oh. I do remember that. Very. Then, uh, I mean, so we've had a couple guests. Um, we've mm-hmm. had uh, Craig Owens from Kyoto's, um, which was was insane. Um, yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to to Kyoto's. Uh, they were a, a very big band in the in this scene, and uh, I mean, I was expecting people to be excited, 
but uh when he when he came on stage like people like like lost it yeah. uh, and it's a it's a weird line because like we want everybody on stage with us like the more people i can get on stage the better because that's mm-hmm. part of the show but when you have these big guests they necessarily don't want to be completely mobbed for their entire like whatever half hour 25 minutes set that they're going to do behind the dj thing um and and hirsch necessarily doesn't want like beer all over his equipment and and his hard drive ending up in the middle of the crowd or anything like that yeah so that was uh that was pretty pretty intense and and but he was he was a pretty cool guy um yeah did his thing and and that was definitely gracious about it and we're gonna do some more with him we were booked for two two more with them that ended up getting canceled because of covid and there's still like tickets sold for those and deposits out so like when when this is good we have we'll have one in state college and one in harrisburg with him i think oh yeah we never made it to state college did we no that one didn't happen we will we'll we'll get there that like that deposit's out there he's already paid in full he uh he definitely puts on a show too you know he's the front man right yeah so yeah he knows he knows how to work he knew how to work the crowd like he was great back there. He was very involved with it. You know, he put, he made it a good time. He, I mean, he, he's been the front man, which is interesting. So there's like Johnny Craig and Craig Owens in the emo scene. Right. And they've both been the front man of like six huge bands. And they even were in one band together where they were like both front men of it. Um, so like they're, they're just like known to have been in like, so there, and, and a lot of bands we play, so like Kyoto's and uh, Emerosa and Drugs, um, which that one drug song always kills when we play it. Um, but uh, it's like D.R.U.G.Destroy, uh, Rebuild Until God Shows. But okay. um, yeah, he, he was great. Uh, what did you, uh, you think of the Franz show? I mean, the show itself was a little lackluster because we were kind of just hired guns at that. We didn't promote it. What would you think of him? Uh, I'm trying to remember. This is the Harrisburg show. Yeah, Harrisburg, yeah. I mean, the sh- you know, yeah, the show didn't hit all that well, but I mean, he was all right. He definitely was playing. Wasn't he the playing some deeper stuff too? Yes. And it was he- heavy. Real heavy stuff. Heavy yeah. things. Yeah. He even asked for some weird things. Didn't he like asked me to play Jay Z or something? Yeah. Yeah. So he, forget, he owns a rap label. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure he's going to buy, well, he's trying to buy Warp Tour and bring it back too. Like he, he out of that like scene, like kind of worked the business side of it really well and like actually made a lot of money in comparison to a lot of those guys that are broke now um, from the, the lower level bands. But Attila's still on tour and, and doing some stuff. But yeah, he, he was, uh, I was, I was, I wasn't sure. His online persona is like, I don't know, wouldn't mesh well with me. So I was like kind of worried about that show, but he, in person, he was, he was pretty cool. So that was neat. And then we also had, uh, what's it? Ryan, Ryan key from yellow card. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had that. Um, we had that. what's that? We had that. Yeah. He, <laughs> he wasn't really there for us. He kind of split. He, he kind of played and walked out the door. So that was kind of the end of that one. Yeah. And don't think that I'm like, like weird because most of the time you're 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 dealing with these guys and i'm on stage doing you know whatever to fill time or so a lot of a lot of stuff i don't see 
like uh, you know don't don't get like the wrong impression you know what i mean oh no not at all no that's for the people that's for the people out there yeah like sometimes i don't get to see all the stuff that goes on because i'm doing other things and joe's handling business you know what i mean yeah he uh he i mean he he, he kind of played and left i'm nice enough guy wasn't really uh i don't think he really wanted to listen to emo music that night though he wanted to play his no. songs and, and, yeah. and skedaddle right at least but uh, we do have some other cool stuff planned when we come back. Uh, we're going to do some stuff with JT from Hawthorne Heights. Uh, there's been a lot of back and forth there. He's a great guy. So that'll, that'll be pretty cool. But I guess, uh, so you're coming from not an emo background, right? Correct. So yes. pre this, what was your impression or familiar, familiarity with emo? Music? <laughs> More, you know, uh, the, pop, the pop side. You know, uh, you know, everything that was big, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, type stuff, you know, the Good Charlotte, the Sum 41, the Blink-182, uh, a little bit of My Chemical Romance, you know, the, the, the stuff that was really big, you know. Fall Out Boy. Yeah, Fall Out Boy. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily my thing, uh, but and I knew of it, but, you know years ago you know i was around some people that were were into that kind of thing and uh you know that was early on when i was djing you know i didn't i didn't really start until after 2000 djing so uh back then i was my musical horizons weren't as broad you know when you first come out of high school you're like focused on what you're focused on but yeah before you before you learn you know all the you know the intricacies and the the finer aspects of all kinds of music. So you know I went to I went to the the school on the hill and in, in the heights and GAR. You know what I mean. So that was definitely a hip hop background for me from the jump. And uh, you know, like I said early on, that's what I knew. And it wasn't until later on until I got into you know just about everything. What uh, so like, it's it's probably fair to say that ninety percent of the songs that I when we first started that I would send you, you had never heard before. Yeah. Right. So what was your like like the first time I sent you sent you a playlist, or like maybe not the first couple because the first few the first few of the bog were just bangers, for the most part. But when we started getting into like doing a full night of like five hours of music, right? Mm-hmm. And I started like having to pull in some, well, not having to, but we started experimenting a little more and we started pulling in like some heavier stuff and some deeper cuts. Like, like the first time you heard like an under oath or stuff like that. Like, what was your, what was your impression of that stuff? Like the screamo? Uh, well, that, you know, I, I, I had heard some of that stuff, like heavy, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that wasn't like too far to left field. It was like the other odd odd names that i hadn't heard of like that modern baseball and yeah. uh oh jesus who else uh there was just that one stuck out to me and yeah, uh or yeah the wonder years stuff like that the like, wonder years yeah things like that more of the uh, uh, the new age pop punk stuff yeah Did, there ever been anything that like like i've sent you a, or any and you not i'm not asking to name it or anything but like anything i've ever sent you and you were like this is this is trash. Like this is never gonna work. That has kind of hit or. Uh, 
I mean, I was constantly surprised. Yeah. Constantly surprised. I was like, wow, where does this come from? Right. You know, like I said, that wasn't my scene. And I was like, you, you, you constantly find things out that you wouldn't, you know, necessarily never thought of before, you know, and some of the stuff, you know, you can end up playing to the, to the more well-rounded crowds and it, it crosses over, you know what I mean? Like, oh, surprise me. Jesus. Uh, some of some of that My Chemical Romance stuff that wasn't, you know, bigger hits. Right. Like that. Uh, what's the one that's Say Goodnight? So Long, Say Goodnight. Uh, uh, so Long and Goodnight. So yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like that, that. Should be the, that should be the closing song every time. Yeah? Yeah, I think that should be the closing song. Oh, So Long song. and Goodnight. Yeah, it's actually a, yeah. a good idea. Hey, suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> suggest that. <laughs> I like that. Um, as they're like, uh, I guess, so you, as a DJ, you've been doing it forever. And, and, and is there any like challenges to, 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 to doing this as compared to, to doing a regular night of music or anything yeah. that's annoying about it or, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I want to hear this. Yeah. Spill, spill the yeah. tea, Frank. Absolutely. You can't, you can't play any other version than the actual version of the song you can't there's no variance there's no short edit like you only want to do the first minute and a half of something that has the meat and potatoes of the song like you would in a regular instance uh you can't necessarily mix any of it together mm -hmm. uh like you could match tempo and stuff and key but you don't need to worry about doing a regular transition from song to song. doesn't matter. They want to hear what they know and they want to sing as they know it. Right. I mean, that to me is definitely something I had to adjust to. Yeah. I think we don't. I had to play some like remixes and stuff and. Yeah. Like yeah. I have a, uh, a, a great edit version with, you know, like a heavier, heavier drum and bass line for um uh christ what's the song in the the middle oh yeah yeah the world and they're just like oh this is a different than we know so you know even though it's really close it's not the same mm -hmm. you know like dj cools in the background screaming rocket right now rocket right now and they're like what the fuck is going on because they're trying to that's sing long yeah that's like a, the big factor to it right i guess that throws exactly. you exactly yeah. yeah it's interesting so you don't necessarily have to maintain a certain uh you know tempo or vibe we switch wildly throughout the throughout the songs we could have you know one or two real heavy and like high energy songs and then bring it down and they're just as happy to hear that too yeah and you know? the uh the vocal drops that's my specialty Right. That's what I know how to do on, on the DJ. <laughs> you, you, you know the part that everybody knows. Yeah, you turn it sing. off and let them sing along. Yeah, yeah. I you get a little carried away sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes, <laughs> you know, or sometimes restart the song three times. I can't let you out of my sight. <laughs> DJ you know, I need a I need a bathroom break, and I come back, and Joe's, like, hitting a fader with his ball sack, and, like, 
throwing his hands in the air and turning the songs off in the middle and turning and starting them over. Like, what what happened? <laughs> These things happen. Um, I think one of the one of the cool things is, uh, for me at least, uh, is br- so I I love the more people on stage the better, right? Yeah. Security doesn't love that. I know that already. Steve gets you know a little sweaty palmed about it at Stage West. Uh, for you, I mean, I I I know you can't love it, but uh, what <laughs> what what's going through your head as you're behind these tables as like these people are rushing on stage or jumping along or jumping around? I mean, no matter where you are, you're gonna have like the drunk girl with the beer that's trying to like talk to the DJ. That's like a a common annoyance or whatever. But like you're you're basically like DJing in the middle of a mosh pit sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's what, how do you uh, make it uh, less likely for something to get broken? Right. Uh, things, you know, they, they, especially when, you know, there's alcohol involved, people tend to not have spatial awareness right. of what they're doing and, and how close they are to things. And they bang into shit, you know? Like, if you've ever seen House Party, stop bumping the table and trying to mix this that and the other thing and then beers are flying you know the one time they knocked the computer right off the table and the whole thing stopped for 30 seconds like no music i was like oh shit my hard drive hit the ground we're done thank god that didn't happen but he salvaged uh, it that thing was three rows deep uh, but i i remember watching it happen too and i just couldn't react but like the stage at stage west is well he's he's shirted up a little bit since but it, it was plywood yeah. so normally people are walking on that and they're like in different rhythm but it was like the perfect happenstance where everybody was so in sync that they all jumped at the same time so they all went down and they all came up and the whole stage just kind of turned into a wave and they went up and the table went up with them and the laptop just slowly soared out into the crowd <laughs> and my heart slowly dropped i almost caught it too like between my fingers almost they cleared it though they cleared it. we got it back oh, i don't think we missed a beat because i think they just sang the song yeah I, it was so close it was so close to the end to, to be in the end of the night halfway through yeah yeah it was pretty early on too mm-hmm. so that was uh yeah that was that was <laughs> That was tough. But, uh, and then, I mean, what, what stands out to you, like from, from the crowds and the people, like how, how are, like, is there anything like, like about the people that come out and, 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 and the kind of evening it is that like, that you particularly like, or that's like really stands out to you? Yeah. They, they love the music above anything else. They love it. They know it by heart. They, they scream, they're happy to be there. They want it to keep going, you know. Uh, you, you don't see that. I mean, you just don't. You could have the best night ever and you'll never see that happen, in a, you know, in a regular format. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's probably pretty unique to that, that style and, and the, the kind of event we have. So that, it, it's interesting you say that, especially like the knowing and singing the words. So like, do you remember MTV Unplugged? Yeah. So, like, the the bands that did MTV Unplugged are huge bands, right? So you have, like, Nirvana and, and R.E.M. and stuff like that. 
Dashboard Confessional did the last MTV Unplugged as basically an unknown band. And they wow. did it because they put him in a room with his acoustic guitar because somebody saw him at a show and just know that every single person knew every single word to every song and would scream their lungs out to it. Wow. And that there's like a whole CD of um, Dashboard uh, Unplugged. And it's like wild because I don't know that the lead singer of Dashboard sings more than three words on any song. It's just the crowd and him like playing part of the song and then them singing it. So that's, that's been like a, and that was early, like in this like emo revival of like the early 2000s. Like that was probably like 2002, 2003 after you still doing music a little bit. So was that released as a record? Yeah. I don't know that it was ever even on TV. I think it went right. Really? To TV. Oh, but as a CD. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think we, we play the one, the, like, I think that's the version of Screaming Infidelities that we normally play. Oh, okay. The more live one. But yeah, uh, are there any songs that, like, that, that have been in this that, like, now you, like, like? Like, that you've never heard before that, that you're into now? Or that, you, that have grown on you a little bit? I, I catch you, like, mouthing the words sometimes or, like, getting into it a little bit now. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. Um, I haven't been doing music at all. Right. You know, so I haven't listened to anything, but uh, constantly just uh, I'm trying to um, keep on keep up on what's coming out that's new. So other than that, I haven't listened to anything. Like I'm just trying to stay in a place right now where when music does come back that I can go and play the stuff that's relevant. Because the stuff that I play on a regular basis at the, at the bars and stuff is not necessarily stuff I listen to either. Right. So I really haven't listened to anything. Yeah, on TikTok now? No. That's where all the songs are coming from, man. No. Why are you always I in the mood? Do you know that I can't one? can't do it. I, yeah, nobody likes that song. Everybody. It's like one of the biggest songs in the world. No, nobody really likes that song. What about WAP? Uh, that it's never going to be as big as it should have been right imagine it, like that song missing the ability to be played in a club when it was at its peak right it would have been bodak yellow that was her second one that would have been that would have kept her alive yep now she's done you think so yeah and then uh, it's already the, gone it's already gone to that new girl it's already gone well you you like that song that i put up the other day the uh the driver's license song right oh well yeah i heard of that uh how did I hear that? I think I heard Seacrest talking about it on the radio in the morning. Uh, but I was like, what is this song? And then I got out of the car, so I didn't hear. Uh, but then I saw the video and I was like, oh my God, this is this girl's on a TV show on yeah. uh, Disney. Disney. Yeah. yeah, something my daughter watches. So I'm like, oh, I know who that girl is. It's some goofy show about them making uh videos this okay. is a show about them making videos her and this other person oh that's funny yeah i don't know I, I don't know much about her i just know it broke the spotify stream two days in a row of all time Shh, that girl is on the, the show that she was on on disney she's on the is uh the same show that what you call it the one paul brother is on oh they came out of the same show that explains it that definitely explains yeah. it yeah but crazy i mean but it's been neat because uh, a couple times you've sent me like songs like emo songs that like I, that I wasn't privy to yet. Like, I think it was the Sibyl plan song. 
that they did. Yeah, the new simple plan. You like that one, and then just not that long. Uh-huh. I mean, another one that you, that you like texted to me. What the heck was it? I don't know, but you there's beat, so much that goes through. You, you know, beat, you beat me to the punch, though. Like I was like, oh wow, I didn't even know that came <laughs> out. So, so you got your finger on the pulse, which uh, I see. Yeah, like I said, if it's coming out and it's new and it's coming across, I'll I'll listen to it just see yeah. just to make sure because I always got to have everything. Right, right. Well, that's and that's the, I mean, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Now. I mean, I hope that when there's time we can play that and they'll 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 know it. But like I said, there's no way to know if they like it right now. I don't know. Yeah, without without a doubt. Like I think the song that I was surprised because I wasn't necessarily playing it for anybody else, but it was like it was like right after Craig passed away, and we played that one uh, by the the Wonder Years, but like the really sad like slow song. Mm. And, like, I don't know that we ever had a reaction like that before to any song. And, like, like I remember being like, yo, you might have to cut this one because I don't yeah. know how to go. And you were just like, uh, I think we found a song we have to play every time now. Yeah. That one that one hit. Um, C- Cigarettes and Saints. Saints and Cigarettes. Okay. That one, uh, I remember that. That one surprised me because I was just like, ah, this kind of, like, fits um, the mood at the moment. But so that was kind of neat. There's there's been a few of those where we're like, we don't know, but sometimes you just have to let it breathe for a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because like, what they like in Scranton, definitely way different than what they like in Lancaster, mm-hmm. which is different than what they liked in, like when we were in Reading. Like I, like they were well. I mean, the one girl just kept, girl, girl. I think, just kept screaming Evanescence in our face. Oh God. I do remember that. Yeah, like, those are some of my favorite. Um, so I'm I know like, you like trying to explain what emo music is to some of these people. Yeah, well, that that's my like. So I I come from like like I was like an emo kid. You know, like that was me. That was through and through. It's how I met Amanda. It's you know ingrained in me. So I'm definitely like a purist or a gatekeeper of emo or whatever. I guess. And uh, so like like when somebody's like Papa Roach is emo, and I'm like, no, it's definitely like cheesy like emotional music but it's it's butt rock like don't don't throw it in there like i like that like if we ever played <laughs> papa rose like it would kill me like, that would kill me evanescence not so much like that's like whatever but uh but that would that would definitely kill me yeah i know you don't like that song oh that uh yeah i, I don't and there are that. times that i know it will it will work oh it it would definitely work i know yeah i mean i i, I just uh, hate it my favorite thing that you worked in and uh and and you you definitely regret doing it is the uh slayer um <laughs> mashup right yeah i don't know how much long that's how much longer that's oh, gonna be over it. i'm pretty yeah. sure it's over at this point yeah but uh i actually found the other day uh i fell down a uh um a, a rabbit hole and found the i think they were a dj group or a producer group or something but they did mashups and they were called legion of doom okay and they did like this is like coming. This is like 2006. They released an album of all emo mashups. Wow. Um, and I uh, it was pretty. Did you cool. download it? What's that? Do you have it? Did you download yeah, I download. It? I'm gonna email it to you. Okay. I found it on like like a torrent site, but uh, <laughs> it's old, and uh, it's but they like mixed like they did a really good job of mixing like so it's like 50 like 50 50 like. 50% of the songs on the album, I think it's like 14 songs. 
are like actual like like the ones screaming infidelities and Jude Law in a semester abroad, like per- perfectly mashed up. But then like mm-hmm. some of them are like real like like there's like a Nas song mixed with a yellow card song. But like per like like really well done. So like some of that stuff I think we could maybe work in and, and see how that works. I mean, we've played sure. before, so mm-hmm. it's happened. Um but yeah, so guys, I just wanted to, you know, go over this. I mean, Hirsch and I are, are screaming infidelities, and he's really the 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 the, the brains behind the the DJing part of it because I like I would not know what to do up there as we know you just have like an iPad with me turning the volume off every once in a while if it was was anything else <laughs> um and he's also like he's he's a creative thinker because we usually ask about two to three times with confetti um at a venue before they shut it down and uh he's the genius behind the crypto or the what is it the, the oh the co2 co2 cannon uh, co2 cannon's a big thing man yeah they love it. I feel like I'm like uh, Skrillex up there. Just like, it, it's expensive to do it, but it, it, it's, it's great for when you have it. I think it definitely, uh, I mean, I think so like, that's, that's what I think is different is like, we're, we're throwing a party and we have these people that, that want to come, but we're also like, like the thought that I think we both put into like the whole evening as a whole. Like when we drop balloons, it's planned for certain songs. When we, shoe confetti it's planned for certain songs and it's planned for certain parts of the night to like there's a science behind it there's a science behind advertising there's like when we post things how many days out we post it when we shoot the confetti off that night so that it like isn't all like at the last song or it's not all you know so a lot a lot of thought goes into to these emo nights oh yeah it's not willy-nilly no come on man that's not how it works so as uh Max Bema says, you goddamn kids better be gracious with that merch money you spend. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back at it. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah. We will be back as soon as it's uh, safe and we're all vaccinated. And I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Hirsch for for being on here and talking. We're going to be doing these every week. Um, Next up is Keith Perks. And then now we have... Julia Yanoski, Yanosko, you know. I think it's Yanoski. Yanoski, my so. my brain's fried. Um, the queen of the of the emo nights. She's always up front. She's really the face of a lot of our advertising and everything. <laughs> um, we pay her in free T-shirts whenever she wants one because she definitely <laughs> deserving of it. Um, so we're we're super excited to have these guests on, and we're hoping that we can connect with you guys and. If you're an emo kid out there that has a story to tell, like hit us up and we'll, we'll have you on and we'll talk some emo. And uh, until we can be back live at a venue, you know, this is the best we can offer you. Um, we had talked about trying to do a virtual one, but we would get shut down super quick. Yeah. And we me couldn't put it on anything. in my house would just piss my wife off and not do much else for anybody. <laughs> so. As long as it's in your house. Yeah. So guys, thank you very much. That's all we have for you. Cheer up, emo kids. We'll be back again next week. All right, man. Peace.